welcome again to H2 with me, Denise Billam Mejia, talking about health and hypnosis. And today my guest is Sharon Waxkirsch, who is a Brit like me, and like me, lives in the States. And she works with medical and dental hypnosis. And so welcome, Sharon. What can you tell us about your career? It's 20 years you've been a hypnotist now? Oh, yes. Hi, Denise. It's so nice of you to, to have me on board. I'm excited about this. Um, yes, I've been in here 20 years in this in this profession. And yes, I am a Brit. So, you know, everybody who's listening can enjoy the accents. <laughs> so what, what was your training in hypnosis? Because you, you you came from an arts background, right? I did. And people have often said to me, you've come from an art background. I have an art degree. And why are you doing hypnosis? Don't you miss art? And I really do say that both of those careers are based in the subconscious mind. Um, you can't do art without being in some kind of trance state. I mean, otherwise you're overthinking and you get artistic block, etc. Some of you who might be writers will have had maybe this experience. And uh, going sort of leading that into hypnotherapy actually didn't have it. It wasn't a big leap for me. So just coming from that subconscious mind and using it creatively different in a different modality, different tool, rather than the paintbrush or the crayon or whatever, I now use the voice, but uh, essentially the brain is still the brain. And um, mm. I love the fact that when I'm working with people, I, when I was doing art, I was actually an animator. So I was really mm. involved with people and the nuances of how people move and walk and talk and express themselves. And when you're an artist, you have to get into the character. You have to learn about how this character is going to be for their story. And in hypnosis, I just see the same thing. There's a part of me creating a rapport with somebody's life and their life story and what their experiences are. And it's for me, it's it 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 takes me into my imagination and my empathy and my compassion to connect to that person. So uh, I, I haven't seen any difference so far other than the tool. <laughs> Interesting. So how did you get trained? You trained with with Gil Boynes? I'm actually part of the ACHE, which is the American <laughs> Council of Hypnotist Examiners. And that was set up by a gentleman called Gil Boyne um, in the 19... Well, he, he started in the 50s, but he set this up. I, I, I'm, I'm probably quite wrong about this, probably in the 70s, 80s. But um, I did train with him and also his protege, which is Dr. John Butler over in the UK. Um, and had a wonderful training and John and I became very good friends. We eventually set up um, something called um, the Institute of Hypnotherapy for Medical and Dental Practice because both of us really enjoyed training and teaching medical and dental hypnosis. And that means that we are training the medical and dental industry to learn how to use hypnosis or work alongside, um, or we'd say a lay hypnotherapist, somebody like myself who isn't medically or uh, has a medical or dental qualification, and we work alongside, and as you beautifully put it, Denise, and I love this word, we are technicians to those in that industry. And uh, it's a fantastic way of, of, of framing it because we essentially will just work alongside whether they have an anaesthetist there or not, um, or sedation, uh, techniques we can use hypnosedation but we're, we're basically calming that patient down or giving them instruction to have complete hypnoanalgesia or anesthesia they are different um, so having those uh, abilities to get that for any any surgery when I say any people are often very surprised um, it can be any surgery however 
I don't encourage it on any surgery <laughs> because there are some surgeries, i.e. spinal surgery, that if you breathe wrong, you, you're in trouble. So I, you know, I, I'm very pragmatic about where it should or could be used. But um, every time I do this, I am surprised mm -hmm. and people surprise me. So um, and it's usually from my experience, it's down to the patient at this point to request it. Do you get the request first from the from the doctor's patient or from the doctor themselves? Most frequently it is from the patient. Um, they have had some kind of experience with a previous surgery where they've um, had an adverse reaction from anesthesia or they're elderly or, they're, or their child is young um, and mm -hmm. they don't want to use um, medical or chemical anesthesia. And so usually it comes from them. However, because of my connections with the medical field and the dental field, I often get the the practitioner from those professions contacting me and saying, I have a patient, what can we do? And that mm -hmm. could be even, a, even um, a patient that requires surgery and is refusing surgery because they have a fear of the anesthesia yes. itself. It's not my job to take them to do hypnosis with zero with zero chemical no. anesthesia just because that's what they you know it's 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 an option but but very often we just need to get over the maybe needle phobia or the anesthesia phobia or the experience that they've had in the past that has led right. them to, to so it's, it's more a case of augmenting the anesthesia that they're able to get from the doctor yeah absolutely right. and, and in many cases and i've had this as well where the desire to still use um, chemical anesthesia is still there. Um, however, you want to lessen that so that you have um, fewer problems in the in the in your outcome. So your healing is faster. In fact, if you use hypnosis alongside anesthesia, chemical anesthesia, or as a sole anesthetic, the research now is that you heal six times faster. So just for all your insurance companies out there, your, your <laughs> patient is healing six times faster. They have six times less need for any other um, pain medication. Mm -hmm. So think about that, because one of the things that happens to us post-surgery is we have tend to have chronic pain syndrome, leftover residual from the pain that we had prior to the surgery, and the brain is still firing up some of the the pain sensors and having had the surgery might uh solve the issue but then you might still have feel that you need painkillers and very often after surgery you are pumped full of morphine anyway mm -hmm. so 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 essentially when you use hypnosis i i've had every single client and every client wake up with a smile on their face from, mm -hmm. from surgery and that's a big difference because then you're going on to your healing process and again insurers your patient will be six times faster out of that situation and their recovery is better but mm -hmm. um you know it's just to have people catch up with that idea really mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's interesting that insurance doesn't pick it up fortunate it's unfortunate because actually the insurance company would do better to have this as one of their modalities one of their options um because then their patient is going to have a better outcome it's seen right. time and time and time again. It's, it, this is not research that has just flopped into the middle of nowhere. It's out there. 
And um, we're running out of time, but um, please come back again. We'll talk about some more hypnosis. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye.